Have you seen cross-shaped pendants, earrings, tattoos, belt buckles? I have. I've seen crosses for $1.95, or $595. The cross that matters, though, is priceless. It was a place of pain and cataclysmic change for both a son and a father, and potentially for every man and woman. It is a place of love and refuge offered by both a son and a father, a tenderly yet passionately opened door to an indescribable life. There is certainly nothing wrong with the symbols of a cross that dot the landscape of our streets and towns, lest it becomes too common, too ordinary, too lost in the flow of visual images seeking to register in on our minds and in our hearts that we forget. We fail to be simply overwhelmed and awed by what it means for me, for you. Let's remember... Let's be reminded, you and I are protagonists in the story of the cross. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing together the chapter on the cross in Exploring the Divine. With the purpose of building up the body of Christ through local discipleship, national partnerships, and international support of indigenous missionary activity, Welcome to Hope Builders International. Hi, I'm Lance Solander, and I'm back with my friend Jeff Andreessen and we want to talk today about the chapter three and exploring the divine, and the and the subject is the cross. And uh, I just want to say that um, you know we've talked about life, which is glorious. This life that God has invited us into, His own life that He's given to us. We talked about the mystery, this idea of the seed bearing after His own kind, and that Jesus is that seed in us, and the glory of that. And we're going to be talking about a lot of other really neat things in this book. But I thought it'd be good just to let's stop here and let's talk about what makes all this possible. Yeah. And that's the cross, mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ went to the cross. And uh, I just thought I'd ask you, Jeff, how do you think most people react when they think about the cross or the cross is presented to them? The, my first reaction to that, I never forget, it was a Christmas and I was flying with this guy, an uh, airline pilot, and uh, there was a magazine on a time cover of Jesus on the cross. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I looked, and I'm a Christian, and I know the guy next to me is not. So, And I turned to him and I said, hey, so what do you think is going on here, you know? And I remember him looking at that and going, you know, I, I think God has really, really got to be mad right there. He's He's got to... This is really difficult, and um, I, I think it's really hard to reconcile the cross. Uh, I, I think a lot of people look at the cross as something that um, is a punishment or is some sort of reduction going on in their life, some sort of straitjacket that's coming their way. Right. The cross is going to come to uh, deny them uh, anything that they really want uh, or any fun. Um, I, th- I think people are very scared of, of the cross, 
Um, and, you know, it's really interesting that we're going from mystery to cross because yeah. really one of the greatest mysteries is the cross. You're absolutely be- right. Be- because the cross isn't really any of those things I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it's taking us somewhere. And I think that's what I would really love for you to open up. Yeah. And Lance, you've helped me understand the cross hmm. uh, a lot better. Not hmm. that it's a, it becomes an enjoyable thing at all, uh, but to get some clarity on what happened on the cross... I think it's absolutely critical and could be so powerful to uh, people because this idea that the cross is the power of God. Right. Please open that up for me. Mm-hmm. Please tell me all about about that. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's it's it, most religions, pretty much every religion accepts Jesus Christ somewhere in their pantheon. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to India. Uh, it's a good thing I'm not a pilot, Jeff, because I tend to leave my glasses on airplanes. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I left my glasses, my good reading glasses, which I, you know, double blended and all that kind of stuff, on the airplane. And I'm going around India, and I don't have them with me. So this friend of mine I worked with took me to an eye doctor in Hyderabad, and this guy sits me down in his office, and he's got state of the state of the art. Equipment. He just got it in from Germany. And this guy does in like 15 minutes what took me several visits to do here in the U.S. to get me a new pair of glasses. But on the wall of this guy's office, he's got a picture of Buddha. He's got a picture, a big picture of Sai Baba, who is an Indian god man. He's got a picture of uh, Ganesha and some of the Indian gods up there. And he's got a picture of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, it's like, what are, what are those all doing up there? He says, well, you know, I'm just covering my bases. Well, but what's the difference about Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the only one of those that was crucified, that went through the cross, that suffered and, of course, was resurrected. But it's really the cross that sets Jesus Christ apart. And, you know, we're, we're fairly removed from that in our day. You know, like we see cross jewelry everywhere. And right. you probably wonder, like I do, are all those athletes really Christians? Are all those rock stars really Christians? Or, you know, has it become jewelry? We're a little bit removed from what it really means. I, the word excruciating, one of the worst words for pain we have, comes from out of the cross. For them, it was recent. For, you know, when, when Jesus is talking about going there, when they're, he's talking about laying down your life. You know, it's, it's a real reality and so i think it's healthy for us to sort of go back there and really take a time and say okay well is that something we should be afraid of you know or is it something we want to embrace yeah okay well if all those gods are uh, in india on that guy's wall at the eye doctor i'm still not convinced that you know i can boast now in the fact that well my god was crucified okay Mm -hmm. all right so let let's go there because he is talking about this very early on right. in his ministry. Uh, hey, yeah. by the way, uh, I'm, I'm going to the cross, and yeah. um, I'm going to die, and, and on the third day be, be raised from the dead. And nobody got it. And I yeah. think I still a lot of people still don't get it. It right. remains a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, so let's go into that. Okay, well, let's think about that for a minute. So Jesus takes his followers aside and he begins talking to him really plainly it says he was stating the matter plainly that uh they were going he was going to be rejected number one he was going to be killed after three days he was going to rise again so how did his disciples respond to that peter takes jesus aside and he rebukes him he says that's never going to happen to you 
far be it, you know, to let that happen. So here's Peter hearing the news of the cross and takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. So, Lance, what kind of relationship did Jesus and Peter have? Well, think about it. Peter could go to Jesus and go, no, far be it from you. You're not going to do that, right? Now, he's talking to God, and he's going to tell God what he can and cannot do, right? I know. Isn't that amazing? It's like, I mean, we, we are given this image of this angry God, you know, like I've mentioned this before, this bumper sticker, Mm -hmm. or this billboard I've seen that said, don't make me come down there, God. Here's Peter, he's angry with what Jesus is talking about. He has the freedom to rebuke him. Now, he takes him aside. I don't know if he takes him aside because he doesn't want to embarrass Jesus, or because, you know, he's trying to protect himself there, but nonetheless... What kind of relationship does Peter have to have with Jesus for him to even have the freedom to do that? I, I, I think it had to be very intimate. I think there had to be a lot of trust there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for Peter to be able to speak his mind uh, to Jesus. I think you watch any boardroom and a CEO walks in and everybody gets quiet. Yeah, you know, and here's Jesus, and Peter's yeah. going back. This this was a relationship yeah. that they had. That's the no be- question about it. Yeah. And of course, nobody faults him for doing that. I mean, the, we don't understand the necessity of the cross. You know, the, Paul writes one of his letters: the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe. So. For most people, this is foolishness, and Peter didn't want to hear it either. But Jesus knows that it's imperative, that he has to go to the cross, that he's got to pay the price for sin. And, and more than that, he's got to be able to release his spirit. So so he says to Peter, get behind me, and calls him Satan. Now, if if Jesus, if Satan is, is coming in here, and this is Satan wanting Jesus not to go to the cross, well, who's Satan? I mean, he's the one that wants to steal and kill and destroy. So if Satan is for Jesus not going to the cross, right. then what's that got to mean about the cross? Um, it's absolutely essential. It's got to be essential. Right. And if Jesus is going there, it's got to be for our good. Right. I mean, if God didn't wish good for us... And, and this is the amazing thing about yeah. that, because if... Peter wins the argument and doesn't Jesus right. doesn't go to the cross, then Peter doesn't get saved. That's right. For God so loved the world that he gave that whoever believes in him should not right. perish. Right. So Jesus is looking at Peter who's going to perish. He doesn't have eternal life. His he's got sin in his body. And Jesus knows that he is the only answer mm-hmm. to remedy that. He came to seek and to save. You yeah. know? So Right, get behind me, Satan. I mean, Satan is the one who is interested in us not grasping the cross. Satan is the one who doesn't want us to go there because he wants to keep his dominion. So right away, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're looking after man's interests, but not God's interests. So we have to say thank you, God, for having our own interests in mind when you went to the cross. Right. I mean, I, I get it with Peter. You know, the, everything was going great. They were acclaimed. Uh, happy things were happening. Jesus was going to be the king. And where was Peter? How did Peter fit into that? And I'm sure there have been times for you when everything's been going great. <laughs> and, man, all of a sudden, yeah, something yeah. comes in that's unexpected, and it's, wait a minute, yeah. this isn't what I signed on for. And 
So this is an experience that I think we have as believers. It's been said that death and resurrection happen all over the universe, but we're the only species that thinks we can avoid it. Hmm. And I, I think that the hard part is is that there's the cross, but what the cross is about is about this release of freedom. And um, that it's, it's for our own good. And that's the rub, because when you're going through it, it's very, very difficult. It's something that we'll avoid at all costs, it seems like. Uh, we'll hold on to our life with a death grip yeah. uh, before we let go. And that, of course, famous saying of Jesus, you know, into your, your hands I commit my spirit, you know, and uh, trusting our lives to God that he'll bring about what he desires in us, even though it seems like our life's coming to an end. I think that's the hard part about the cross. Right. And we're not, we're not trained in this way. We're not raised to be this way. You know, we're, we're raised me first, right. success oriented, right. uh, you know, follow the, you know, follow after the good. And, Jesus comes along, and I think we have this came, some kind of experience. I mean, what was it like for you when you first met the Lord? Do you, do you it, was that actually, well? it was wonderful. It was uh, there yeah. were singing. There was singing. <laughs> Something opened up in my spirit. You know, yeah. I uh, that I understood that God loved me. Uh, yeah. It was it was wonderful. You yeah. know, and then you know what I did, Lance? I ran over that part where he says, "I'm going to the cross," and mm. by the way, so are you. He did. Say I, that. I, I, he said that, but I didn't <laughs> want to really hear that. I, I wanted know. all the good stuff. Yeah. that I got at, in that moment, and I want to stay <laughs> in that. And if I'm a good Christian. All good things will happen, right? Right. You know, Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Well, I, I think it's that part. They didn't get it. Yeah. Jesus told Peter he was going to be crucified and killed, but he told him he was going to raise, be raised three days later. So we hear the cross part but he didn't really get the resurrection part and i think like i remember being a new believer and just the wonder of it and how great that was and uh so here i think we see this pattern though in the new testament and jesus sets it up for us because i think what happens with our thinking then is we get to think that okay god is for me i have this christian life if i need something i ask him for it and if I'm good enough, I'll get it. And God becomes to us kind of a Santa Claus. You know, do you have your prayer list? Do you have, you know, if you ask according to my will, you're get. And even our culture, if you think about it, tries to feed into that. Yeah. And uh, so what does Christmas, which is about the Lord's birth, what comes to be the symbol of Christmas? Uh, I would say more Santa Claus or the Christmas tree, you know, it's a diversion from, uh, you know, Christ, uh, you know, the, here you got this big guy in this red suit and what's he doing? He's giving out gifts. He's giving out gifts. Okay. What do you got at Easter time now? Uh, more gifts, actually. We get candy. We got, yeah, we got bunny rabbits and you got a big Easter bunny. I mean, isn't it interesting how our Christian holidays come to be diffused yeah. with this image of this being yeah. who's here to give you something that you want? Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think that seeps into our oh, yeah. perception oh, of even who God is. And yeah. if things are going good, he's for me. Right. And if things aren't going good, either I'm doing something wrong or, right. I, or what. And, I mean, Jesus faced this. 
here he is. I mean, he's a healer. He's a miracle worker. And he's going along, and he feeds 5,000 people. And all of a sudden, he's got this huge crowd following him. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this story is all told in Luke, and you can read it in the book. But uh, why are these people following him? I think it's for what he, Jesus can give them. He, they can, he'll feed them. They got. They, it says they didn't come to really hear him, but they came because they were fed the day before and they wanted more food. I mean, isn't that similar, you know, to what's going on here? Um, but if you read this story, how does Jesus handle that? Yeah, I think that's when he says, if you want to be my disciple, right? He. This is in Luke 14. Um, this crowd is after him and he's got, everybody wants to make him king. So this, of course, ties into the mystery. If he wants to be king... He could just do it. He's got all this public following. And what's he say to him? He says, if anyone comes and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Well, so what's going on there? Uh, I think Jesus needs a public relations, uh, you know, uh, because that sounds a little bit too too difficult for me. You know, I mean, um, I, I I think it's even ridiculous to consider that I could hate my mother or father or uh, wife, uh, you know, in order to love Jesus. I, that well, just doesn't make you, any sense. Maybe you just need to try harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, that one is so out there. Well, maybe me. maybe you I, need I to give pray up. more. I, I cry uncle on that. Maybe you go, need to read the Bible more. What's going on with that? Maybe Why you would need, you say that? Maybe, All right, Lance, so you hate your mother? <laughs> maybe you need to go to church more often. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know what we do with that? Because, yeah, who hates their mother right. that much? Nope. But what we try to do is we say, well, it's comparative. Mm-hmm. See, you, you compared to your love for Jesus, yeah. your mother, your love, your feelings for the, your mother look like hate. Yeah. It's comparative. That's stupid. Well, you know what? That's just stupid. You know, I mean, why, why do we try to, you know, uh, explain that, you know, as like, you know, that, that it's just no way that we could do that. So what could be going on here? I think what he's saying is the possibility that we can't be his disciples. Well, yeah, but isn't that contrary? Aren't we encouraged to make disciples, to be his disciples? Here Jesus has got all these people following him, and they want whatever they can get. Okay, then I'm going to go with something has to happen in order for us to become his disciples. Uh, it, It must be, because Jesus is going to make this crystal clear to them. Can they follow him in their own power? Can they be his disciples? Can they make it on their own? And so what does he do? He throws this at them. He throws an impossibility. He throws an impossibility. If you're going to follow me, you pick up your cross, you hate your father, hate your mother. What's he saying there? Well, There's just no way we can do this and that something else is needed in order for us to become his disciple. Okay, so mm-hmm. what's needed then, Lance? Why the cross? What happens in the cross in this transaction? Yeah, let me just throw in one other thing here. Because, you know, in thinking about, okay, does Jesus want us to be his disciples? Does he want us to follow him? Does he want us to be with him? Yeah, and without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I'm just thinking about John yeah. 17. Jesus says, I mean, he's about to be crucified. Right. And so why? Why? Is he going to the cross? Well, I think in John 17, we get a pretty good look at it. He says, Father, I desire 
that those whom you have given me, and he's talking about us, be with me where I am. Why? So that they can see my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. So the purpose of the cross on the one side is to get us to where Jesus is Mm -hmm. so we can experience this Mm -hmm. life. So that's the reason he's going there. It's because he wants us to be with him. So we have to, we have to put that in the mix when we're thinking, okay, why, why does he say this then Mm -hmm. about hating your father? And I personally, I think it's, yeah, Jeff, because we need the power of another life to get there from here. You know, we need the power of another life. We can't do it. I mean, Think about it. Jesus is on the cross, and what's yeah. he say to John yeah. about Mary, his mother? Yeah. Uh, he says, "Hey, take care of her when uh, when I'm when I'm gone." He, he sets her up. He's he's what's he doing? He's loving on his mother, right? You know, I mean, what's it say in Ephesians about how do you supposed to treat your wife? Yeah, well, you I know? mean, put her first. Love your wife. Yeah. Give yourself up for her like Christ did for the church. So right. obviously, something else is going on. We're supposed to be loving mm-hmm. our parents. Honor your father and mother. I mean, so clearly something else is going on here, and I really think it's Jesus saying to us, you know, you really can't make it on yeah. your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love you, but you know, you don't have what it takes in yourself mm-hmm. to live this life. Right. And I think that's why the cross is so central to our experience. Yeah. I think that's why every day, yeah. pretty much, we we need to have some sense that Lord, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. And you know what the hard part is, Lance, is that when we actually sense our own lack and inability to do something, we turn the condemnation on us instead right. of going, okay, God, I see why you had to do this. I can't yeah. do this on my own. Yeah. You know? And, you know, amazing. Jesus gives us a perfect example of that in this same passage. Because, you know, where he goes next is he says, uh, which of you wants to build a tower? Does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to finish it. Otherwise, you know, if you've laid a foundation, you're not able to finish. Anybody that sees you is going to ridicule you, saying the man began to build and was not able to finish. So here's this example of you're starting to build. Let's say you're starting to build your Christian life, and you're doing all the right stuff, and you've got, you're motivated, and you're passionate. What happens along the road? discouragement comes in when we find out that we fall a little short of being able to do all the things that we want to do. Right. And then we do what you just said. We start beating up ourselves. We're hot on our, I don't have enough faith. I can't really do this anyway. I mean, you do love God. Mm -hmm. You do want to follow him, but those times come. And amazingly enough to me, Jesus had this experience himself. Mm -hmm. He's using this example of laying a foundation and building a house. And, I mean, he even said, you know, he was walking around with his disciples, and he studies the temple. And what's he say about that temple? If, if you tear that thing down in three days, yeah. I'll raise it up, mm-hmm. my body. So do you, do you know that that statement that he made went all over Jerusalem? Well, yeah, that's right. It did. It went all around Jerusalem. It misunderstood. And everybody heard that he said it. And so here he is. He's on the cross. So what's happening to him? 
the temple's being destroyed. I mean, he's, the literal he's, temple is about to be destroyed. He's on the cross, and all these people are walking by, and they're looking at him up on the cross. And what are they doing? They're mocking him. They're laughing at him. They're ridiculing him. And you know what they're saying? Yeah. You are the son of God. Come on down. Yeah, they're challenging his, his godhood to come down. And they're saying, he said he could build this temple. He said he if he, we tore it down, he would build up. Now look at him. He can't do that. He can't finish that job. Here's Jesus being ridiculed right. for not being able to finish a job yeah. that he started. And that's the, exactly the example he uses. Mm. That What's going on there? I think what's going on there is yeah. even Jesus. Right. You know, understand what I'm saying here. Jesus gave it all up. Jesus had to go into death. He had to have the Father somehow take his presence away from him. Yeah. And he had to die. He had to, in a certain sense, fail Yeah, and die. I mean, a lot of people look at death as ultimate failure. And they're looking at Jesus. This is the ultimate mm. humiliation. Wow. His crucifixion yeah. is the ultimate. That's the worst way you could possibly die. So what is he at that moment? He's actually... Of sin, he becomes sin. He does become sin. He takes our sin. Yeah. Uh, so that literally that, happens. Amazing, if you think about that, it's incredible. I mean, and that's the freshness of the blood and the reality of the blood stain. Yeah. You know, we have the cross as a remember, remembrance, but yeah, I wonder how many really remember, understand. Yeah, you know that blood stained cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, that cross has blood on it, and the marks are there. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, in the eyes of the world, and certainly in the eyes of the enemy, in the eyes of those people that were watching, Jesus was a failure. Mm. I mean, allow me to say it. He he didn't finish outwardly, yeah. but had he counted the cost? Yes, he did. <laughs> and the cost included yeah. literal death. Right. So, dear listeners, we're going to end this section of the Cross podcast, and we'll continue on with the second half of uh, our conversation on what does it mean that uh, through the cross the power of God is released. So if you've ever felt like a failure, if you've ever been a failure, please understand that your Lord has been there. He knows what it feels like, but he also knows that there's resurrection coming and that his Father is faithful. So If you failed, if you feel like a failure now, just understand your Lord knows where you are and he knows how to get you out of there. So join us again for the second half of the Cross podcast, which will be coming soon. Thank you for listening to Hope Builders International. Discover ways that you can join us with building up the body of Christ by visiting our website at hope-builders.org.